Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Danielle is the founder of Balanced Bod, in case you guys haven't heard. It's a marketplace of carefully vetted products that support a healthy body. She's an independent health researcher passionate about our body's ability to heal when we treat it well, including being conscious of the things that go in, on, and around us. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. It's like surreal to be here because I started listening to your podcast like a year ago. And so it's just amazing to to actually be on it. I know. Yeah. Like we were talking about before we hit record, like, I feel like we're friends already and just are finally chatting in like a live format. So it feels super special. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to dive in. This is something that itself of the health industry, because like when I started learning about toxins, the book that I read was it was Jessica Alba's book. Oh, The Honest hmm. Life. I don't know if you've heard of it. I actually haven't read that. And I remember reading it and my brain started spinning a million miles an hour, especially like when I was so sick, like I was mm-hmm. not feeling well. And I was like desperate to like get anything that I needed to get. And I started reading about like the, the laundry detergents and the soaps and the shampoos and just endless things that I never even thought of twice and I was like oh man that's overwhelming so I'm really excited to dive in today and I guess for starters for people who don't know your story how did you kind of land in this space how did you land into the world of toxins yeah so um I was in the same boat like in a healing journey of my own where I was just kind of exploring and learning as I went but for me it really started when I came off birth control. Um, so that was like 2019. So I came off birth control. Um, about a year prior to that, I was diagnosed with PCOS. So I had a whole lot of hormone issues going on and that's kind of what sparked this interest. Um, just in general that, I guess that was what it was, is just hormones. Right. And so I was trying to figure out what do I need to do to heal naturally? Because when I went to my doctor, you know, Western medicine can just, kind of discourage you a little bit when they tell you that your only options are maybe take a pill or something like that. And at least that was my experience. Um, And so I ended up thankfully not listening (laughs) and going down my own path thinking like I can do something else. I know I can figure this out myself. It just didn't feel right to, you know, like push it down and and not figure out what maybe like the root cause was. Cause I was having all sorts of issues, but I also had issues growing up all throughout childhood. Like I had digestion problems. I had, um, like irregular cycles from when I was younger, I had, um, strep throat all the time. Like, I just remember being sick a whole lot. So I know I had issues even before like 
going on birth control and the whole PCOS journey and all that kind of stuff. But um, really, I just feel like it was that that moment that prompted me was like, I was getting really bad headaches and my acne and everything was getting worse. And, you know, that kind of just like skyrocketed my <laughs> desire to want to dig deeper. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my body was definitely signaling me all throughout my childhood to, to do this. I just wasn't listening. And so until it got really bad, I think physical stuff is usually a lot of times what people realize is like, okay, I need to make a change. Um, so acne was it for me. Like it was, it was so like, just hard to get through, like, you know, it's a confidence killer. Like it was, it was literally ruining so much of what I felt like was me. Like I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, and so definitely having all those symptoms and what I equated to hormone based issues going on was kind of what prompted this whole non-toxic living journey. Cause really during that time, I just figured out like, okay, I dug into all kinds of books and podcasts and, you know, all the things and led me down this path of learning, like, okay, my lifestyle matters, you know, what I'm putting in and on my body actually makes a difference. So yeah, that's kind of where, where I started. Thanks for sharing with us. I, um, yeah, I think what blew my mind the, the most, cause I always thought like the largest organ in our body was like our brain, mm. but it's actually our skin. And yeah. that was like, Oh my gosh, which can be like kind of scary too, like just kind of learning that. Um, and so I guess I'm, I'm curious, like, were you overwhelmed at any point in the process? And if so, like, what'd you do? Or were you like, okay, I'm just going to like take this easy breezy and just kind of like take one thing at a time. Yeah, no, I, um, I was super overwhelmed. <laughs> so I, I always preach now, now that I like consider myself knowing better than back then. Um, I always preach to, to go slow and not try to do everything at once. I made the mistake of literally, I started to learn. I think I read like one book that told me maybe five or six specific ingredients or things to avoid that are commonly found in like deodorant and lotion and like makeup, like that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. So I just like took that and I went to my like bathroom and just threw out everything that had those ingredients in it. And fragrance was one of them, which that's in everything. <laughs> so I just didn't realize like how much it was, you know, in my home. And I was literally doing this almost to myself, like, so I could make a change right then and there. And so I did that. And I don't recommend that, that path because it, it was actually so stressful. Like I literally had these big garbage bags around my house. It's just like throwing out this cleaner throwing out this thing, throwing out. And I'm someone who likes to kind of get rid of clutter and stuff. So part of me was like, this is fun. But then the other part was like, what do I use now? <laughs> so That's I think so crazy. Yeah. Like, cause then you're yeah. like, well, okay. I, I threw out this stuff, but I needed it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what do I do? So I, I don't recommend that. I think the, the way to avoid overwhelm is to just go one thing at a time, like as you're gonna, well, you could start by throwing out things that you don't really use very often, I guess, or that, you know, for a fact could be harming you. Um, I would say like air quality stuff, for example, candles, like that's an easy thing to throw away. You don't need a candle in your house necessarily. Um, or like air freshener, things like that. But I would say when it comes to like personal care products, makeup, like all that stuff that you use on a regular basis, just start with as you run out or get close to running out, 
look for a better option, you know, check the ingredients, look for a better option. And I feel like that's a way less stressful way to go about it because it's, it's just gets really, it gets to be a lot. if you do it all at once. (laughs) Yeah. Especially like as women, because we are marketed so much to these products. So like growing up, we always wanted all of these different things. And that's, what's so crazy about getting rid of it is normal clutter in our house, unless it's trash we can donate. But I remember doing the same thing you did. And I was like, I don't even want anyone to have this. And so you Mm -hmm. just have to throw it out, which is like such a mindset shift. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels like so wasteful too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like you're thinking of just all the harmful ingredients that exist in these products. And it's like, but I, it's kind of like, wasteful already you know if you really think about it Mm -hmm. um and so I love that approach because I think a lot of women that are coming into this space are already overwhelmed and stressed out and have really stressed out bodies so really using a titrated approach in every single thing that you're doing inside of your healing protocol oh yeah a hundred percent I was in that boat I was so stressed out like about everything and I I tend to be someone, or at least I have been in the past, someone who is like all or nothing and I go to the extreme. Um, so I've worked on that over the years and that's why I'm able to like share this more level-headed approach, I feel like with others. Um, but yeah, I would say nothing is healthy in the extremes. So reducing that stress by just taking it slow is, is just, it's gonna be better. Cause I also think stress is very toxic. of all I mean like yeah is chronic right because we I mean like mm-hmm. we're supposed to experience stress that's what leads to more resiliency but I think the the unnecessary stress that we probably pile on to our plates that's like does this actually need to happen or am I creating more chaos in my life or can I you know kind of start working my way out of this like toxic relationship or whatever so I feel like those are super super impactful for sure Mm-hmm. Can you um, kind of just back me up a little bit because I want to make sure we're covering all our bases with any new listeners who are maybe just stepping into the space of like, you know, alternative health and any, like, what is a toxin? What is mm-hmm. a toxic chemical? What should we be looking out for? What are endocrine disruptors? Can you guys dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So a toxin, I mean, there's a lot of toxins slash toxicants out there. Toxicant is like a man-made toxin essentially. And there are toxins in our environment, you know, everywhere. So it's something that is unavoidable at the end of the day. So I think we could get to that point and it's like excessive, but there are a lot of things that you can avoid and mitigate in your life to help heal your body or whatever, you know, can maintain health in general. Um, So And overall, I like to say, live a low tox life more so than non-toxic life for that reason, just because I feel like it's unachievable to to live a non-toxic life, you know? Um, So that's kind of, I I do have like non-toxic products, I would say, but then living or or going for the goal of living a low toxic life is kind of how I look at it. Um, So yeah, as far as like, like what they are or, um, like what it is to me, at least I would say living low toxic and 
like the goal that I have at least is to just reduce the exposure to these harmful chemicals, you know, on a regular basis. So, or things that are, you're being exposed to on a regular basis. Um, sorry, I'm trying to go back to the, what the rest of your question was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, what is an endocrine disruptor even? Like, what does it even do? Okay. So endocrine disruptor specifically. Yeah. So that's one toxin, right? There's, there's a whole lot of, um, we could go into a lot of them, but so an endocrine disruptor, which is part of what I got started with because it was specifically related to hormones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as endocrine disruption, like it's pretty much anything that can mimic or um, impact in some way the hormones in your body and natural hormone production. So an endocrine disruptor um, is commonly like, um, so basically it's like uh, BPA is a, is a good example. That's a common endocrine disruptor. Um, phthalates, and parabens are really common ones that people hear about. Um, there's, uh, let's see, like perfluorinated chemicals. So you can find those in like cookware and things like that, nonstick pans, like all of that can be considered an endocrine disruptor. And so what happens is when those bodies, when those chemicals get into our body, then they can lead to development issues. They can lead to fertility issues, like all sorts of stuff that we associate with our hormone levels a lot of times. Um, and that's because, like I said, they're mimicking estrogen in our body, they're mimicking or they're replacing certain, um, hormones in our body. So it throws everything off. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where that's, that's like a lot of times where I feel like people start is how do we get rid of those? And like I said, that goes back to fragrance and, um, like cookware and air quality, those kind of things are usually the first thing that I think of when it comes to avoiding endocrine disruptors. Does that help? <laughs> I don't yeah. know that. Okay. No, that does. And I think a lot of women today are dealing with estrogen dominance. Yes. And are confused as to like, where do I even begin? Like, how do I get rid of estrogen dominance? And I feel like we could probably do a whole episode in that on that topic in and of itself. But that is a good, like, that's another place to explore. Because I feel like I, I didn't think of that when I was like dealing with hormone imbalances at first until I started diving deeper, mm -hmm. but those, those sneaky endocrine disruptors and they're everywhere. Like mm -hmm. you really kind of have to search for stores like yours. Like there aren't really stores like that in person, right? At least that I, yeah, not that I know of. And that's a, that's obviously a big reason why I wanted to start balanced pod was when I was on my personal journey and it was just so overwhelming and I wished there was a place to go that was like, oh, I can trust this, you know? Um, so that's, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying like, we are so used to being able to go and talk to somebody like in the store in Sephora. And I think Sephora is getting a little better and they're starting to carry some better products but in general like when we started there was no option and so stuff like you're you're also educating which is really cool like you're not just um yeah throwing these things out and I love to use analogies in the endocrine disruptor if that's confusing with anyone or not I don't know if this is an analogy but a visual is a better word that we have receptors for estrogen in our body. And so when we're taking these products, those products are filling the receptors and then our body thinks that we have everything we need. And so that's part of the way that it disrupts 
estrogen. So that's why it's called endocrine disruptor. I just wanted to kind of explain that for people mm. that, because it kind of, sometimes it feels like it's just floating around and we don't know what's actually happening. So someone that loves the science is kind yeah. of what's going on. I love that. I think, yeah. and, and what you said about Danielle bringing in the education piece, I think us as humans with higher brains, I think it's really important for us to understand. I was just talking about this with someone yesterday. Like I love educating my clients because otherwise it's kind of like, why am I doing this again? Or I don't think I need that anymore. And, and then it's not sustainable or it doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to understand like why you're doing something and why you're making that change. So I love that. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what else? I feel like there's so much that we can cover within the toxin realm. Is there something that, oh, I wanted to talk to you about PUFAs. Because yeah. not only, you know, you don't only advocate for a low toxin life, um, the products that you stand for are also low in polyunsaturated fatty acids. And this is, this was a game changer because I feel like even in the non-toxic, um, uh, like skincare products, for example, or shampoos or whatever, there's still a lot of like sunflower oils. And, um, I guess I'm curious on what your stance is on that like is it okay to have like some products with sunflower oil or like what happens and why are you advocating for a low PUFA um which stands for polyunsaturated fatty acids for anyone who doesn't know mm-hmm. um why is that a part of your your um, business model yeah so when I um started that was definitely not on my radar like that was something that came later on uh, I actually think I discovered it more so when I, uh, well, obviously through diet purposes, like that was kind of what introduced me to wanting to be low PUFA, which I think a lot of people are already on board with. They know the impacts of like those seed oils and things in their diet. But when it comes to putting it on your skin, you know, just like we said earlier, 60% or, you know, up to 60% can be absorbed into of what we put on our skin can be absorbed into our body. And it's the same thing, really, when you think about it for PUFAs and everyone's a little bit different depending on their skin barrier. But um, so when it comes to PUFAs, they can oxidize in heat, light and oxygen. So everything is pretty much heat, light and oxygen, right? Like we're especially I see it all the time in like sunscreens. I'm like, we're literally going out into the sun with this on our skin. This doesn't seem like a good idea. You're just increasing the chances that that high PUFA oil is going to oxidize, um, which causes cellular damage. It can accelerate aging. There's all sorts of things, you know, when we think about like specifically with skincare, I know Cosma Beauty is really big on this and she talks a lot about um, PUFA awareness and, and what it can do and like how I know she's she much very much follows like Ray Pete and the impacts that way. Um, and so she, they talk a lot about obviously like um, age spots, like liver spots, things like that, that can come from that. So skincare, I feel like is, is more so important than say, like, if you have some sunflower oil in like your shampoo, you know? Um, so I think it's just, um, it's just being more aware of it. I don't think, again, I don't think you can avoid it completely all the time, but I just think it's good to be aware of like the amount that's in your product and what specific product it is, like, where is it going? Um, specifically if it's being used on your skin and staying there, I would say that's like a top priority to lower PUFAs in. So that's always what I try to do. So any skincare on my website, any lotion, like anything that goes on your skin pretty much <laughs> and stays there, especially 
um, is, or is it made to like penetrate? Cause a lot of times skincare is made to penetrate your skin for the benefits. So if it does that, then I would say that's a high priority to limit PUFAs. But when it comes to like shampoo or rinse off products, like soap, maybe I wouldn't say it's as high of a priority. Um, but I still try to limit as much as possible. One of the things too, um, that I think is important, even though my website and everything I put on my website is very strict when it comes to that, because I just want to, I want to make sure people know that what's there is safe. And I feel like if I am too lenient on something, then they kind of might lose trust in the rest of what's on there. Um, but when it comes to what I tell people and like, even what I do personally, <laughs> I can, you know, you can be lenient, I think with it. Like, I think if you have a product where sunflower oil or something like that is the very last or very bottom of the list in the ingredients, it's better obviously. Cause there's such a, it's a smaller concentration. Um, so I just think it's good to keep that in perspective and balance. <laughs> is your skincare routine you mentioned that you had acne which I don't even think I really knew that I don't think I've seen like a picture of you with acne I can't even imagine your skin looks so beautiful yeah I shared a picture I want to say like a while back thank you by the way <laughs> I worked really hard to get to this point um I still I still feel like I have some hyperpigmentation scarring a little bit from and it was mostly around my jaw which is probably why it's not as visible on like Instagram or things like that because I'm not like sideways a whole lot you know um, so it took me a while to figure out like a routine that worked for me mixed with obviously diet and lifestyle changes. Um, and even like a lot of nervous system support. I really think that that's been a game changer for me for a lot of things over the past like year or so. Um, but my current skincare routine, I, sometimes I switch it up partially because I test a lot of the products that I put on balanced bond myself. <laughs> so that's the other part where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to switch this. And then have a reaction, um, because I am pretty acne prone, but I say like, so for right now, I always Cosma cleanser is like my go-to it's just so gentle and never like makes my skin tight or anything. If, if that's something that happens to anyone, if your skin feels like kind of tight after you wash your face, you're probably stripping the oils on your skin. So it could impact your barrier and that could cause acne. Um, so yeah, that was a big thing for me because I always, before I went down this whole path, I was using face washes that were so like rough or they had like exfoliator beads in them or like, you know, things that we think we're supposed to use on our face because we're like the aftershot wash. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, Oh, like scrubbing my skin off basically. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff. Um, I got rid of obviously. And I think that helped a whole lot with my skin barrier and making it stronger. Um, what else do I use? I, I usually use the squalene oil also by Cosma as like a moisturizer. Um, or I have this other moisturizer. I like there's one on my website called, um, it's an earth Harbor. I think it's mermaid glow or something like that. Mermaid milk, maybe. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. <laughs> And then I also like this other one by Face and Earth. It's like more of a handmade brand. Um, but yeah, so those ones are my favorite moisturizer. But I, that's pretty much all I do. Like, I really don't get crazy with it. I even, you know, when people say they have hyperpigmentation, they use like vitamin C 
serum or something like that to get rid of it. I even was like, I'm not even going to touch it <laughs> because I just want to let my skin do its just, thing. just do its thing. And it's doing good. Like that's kind of how I started to get to the healing phase. Um, but there are definitely ones out there. Like again, Cosma has a good vitamin C serum. That's not, I don't think very aggressive that you could use to get rid of some of that stuff without having any issues. Yeah. I've used, I think everything that you just listed in the spoiling or, and the cleanser. And I also have the vitamin C and I love them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, um, as far as makeup, like, I know that's a big like cosmetics just in general. Um, do you even wear makeup? I feel like I don't anymore today. I put on like a little bit of mascara, (laughs) um, but yeah, I haven't worn makeup in months, but if I do like, say I want to cover something up or like, I just, I don't know, I'm going out or something. And I just want to look a little bit more like put together. Um, (laughs) then Araza beauty is probably my favorite makeup. Um, RMS beauty is really good as well. Those are both low PUFA too. Do you have any on your site? I don't right now. Um, that's something that I wanted to originally add, but it, when it comes to like the shades, how many shades you have to have of certain makeup, there's a lot involved with keeping ones in stock that I have. I can't really guess, um, what's going to sell a lot of times. So just as I've been like kind of in the newer stages, I didn't want to invest in all that just yet, but I will probably add it, um, in the future. I know that people are looking for that. I love Araza and RMS. I have their, I was just telling Gabby a couple weeks ago, this is the foundation I use sometimes. Cause I, I feel like I'm like, like you, at least, um, I don't know if you can relate Gabby, but I, I've actually never really been a huge makeup person, but mm-hmm. I do have like some Ilia beauty as well. And I like, you know. Oh, Ilia is good too. That's actually the mascara I have on is Ilia. I forgot yeah. about. <laughs> I wear my mascara too. And, yeah. um, I feel like it's just simple makeup routines that can also help me feel a little bit more judged up and put together. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Um, you mentioned skin barrier earlier. Is that like, I don't even know. I always get asked, like, do you have an oily skin or do you have dry skin? I'm like, I think it's like a combination of both. Like, I don't really, I have no idea. Is that something that you can share more about? Um, so I definitely would not consider myself a skincare expert by any means, but, um, and I don't even actually know, I think I've, I've always considered myself more combination skin as well. Um, but it's interesting ever since I stopped using those abrasive or drying, like not pH balanced cleansers, my skin, like if I wash at night, then I don't wake up oily. And I think a lot of people will find that they wake up really oily in the morning and they feel the need to wash their face. And it's usually because you probably had like your skin is overcompensating from being too dried out from whatever cleanser or skincare product that you're using maybe before bed. And then overnight, it's like producing all this oil um, to make up for that. So I don't know that might be considered like oily skin if that's what's happening, if it's like a reaction. Um, but again, I'm not an expert, so I'm sure there are other reasons for oily skin and that's not the only one, (laughs) but that was my experience. Yeah. Is it ever only one reason? (laughs) Yeah. There's never one reason, but, but I would say (laughs) if someone has like oily skin and they struggle with that, maybe that's something they could consider. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I always pictured that those, um, 
classifications as I feel that it's ideal for your skin to be able to adapt. And so if it's always oily or always really dry, I would say that's more leaning towards an imbalance in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, sometimes in a, a climate can change it a little bit, but I still feel like your body um, ideally is resilient to should be, I, I don't like using the word should, but it's ideal that your skin can adapt to the climate that you're in. And so I feel like growing up, we blamed so many things. Like, I don't know about you guys, but in high school, my friends would have like these oil blotting sheets and like, yeah, during, like, yes. th- like third period, everyone would be like, where's your, where's your sheet? And I luckily <laughs> growing up, like didn't have skin issues. That wasn't the way that my body expressed. Um, my internal imbalances but the oil blotting sheets were just like <laughs> ridiculous I I yeah totally about you know those. I wonder what's even on those like and you think about it now yeah. like what was blotting my oil up <laughs> yeah good question and I love how you mentioned like that's not how my, my body expressed its internal balances and I know Gabby we had a podcast episode I think it was the digestion episode and we were talking about like skin came up and you mentioned Danielle that um you feel like nervous system support really also helped you with your acne and and Gabby was saying a couple weeks ago how like the skin needs it only has like limited ways to communicate with you and so if that's like the final resort of like acne like hello Mm -hmm. so Gabby could you kind of like expand on that a little bit more and like what what happens there yeah, you mean like when the skin does finally express or um yeah, like yeah. what's happening within the nervous system and why does it express itself through the skin sometimes and what what does nervous system support kind of look like from an acne perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I feel like um you might want to jump in on this, but <laughs> For my, I feel like you're just a nervous system expert. Um, but for my story specifically, um, why I said it didn't express, I think that I'm somebody which I've now, I mean, I'm coming to realize even more so um, now. And it's really, I think, helping me with clients is that my body has a very good way of um, suppressing the things that are going on internally. So I might not be someone who has so many symptoms and like a symptom like acne is one, like we, you had said, Danielle, it's one of those things that when you have acne, it's like, wow. Okay. Like it's something you can't hide uh, versus when you're constipated, you can kind of, nobody knows that you're constipated. (laughs) Um, When you have acne, you're like, okay, now everybody knows I have this and I need to figure it out. Um, And we, it's, important for us to feel confident and of course like if you all of a sudden have acne it really lack it makes you it puts a hit to your confidence um so as far as nervous system and skin um when your nervous system is taxed and you're feeling stressed and you're no you're not able to get to that parasympathetic state um, acne is really symbolic of a sympathetic dominant state. So for someone that's unaware, um, sympathetic is the fight or flight part of your nervous system. And then parasympathetic is rest and digest. And 
we can be imbalanced either way. Like you can be very sympathetic. You can also be very parasympathetic and we kind of want to be in the middle, in the middle. I just said middle. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, so approaching the nervous system from a skin perspective, um, I think is really just bringing our body back into balance in whatever way that it is imbalanced. And so Kiara, how would you approach that? What would you, yeah, what would you do? So there's this woman on Instagram for anyone who's interested in following her. Her name is like holistic Angela, like whole, like WH. Um, and she, I, I've never heard of this, but it's like somatic skin support, like basically like nervous system based skin, skincare. And I'm just like, Oh, tell me more. Cause like, we love the nervous system. That's everything. Um, and I don't really know like the ins and outs of like her methods and whatever, but when I think of somatics, this is an experience of the body, right? So soma meaning body and what I've started doing, I think so often, like we can get in our routines and we like have places to be people to talk to. Everything's just so busy, busy. Even when we're doing like our simple skincare routine and we just kind of like do this and that, at least that's like speaking for myself. Sometimes I can get really caught up in that versus like, oh, this is my skincare routine. I get to move slowly and it's just like a really beautiful process. And it's like, but sometimes that's hard, like when we're leading really busy lives. Um, so like something as little as like placing your hand on your skin, obviously if they're, they're clean, they've been washed, um, like just noticing what's happening on the inside, just like by your touch. I did a somatic session with someone the other day and she's like, oh, it just feels so good to have my hand here. I'm like, mm -hmm. what tells you that on the inside? And she starts noticing like deeper breaths and her heart rate is slowing down a little bit. And there's just something about like your own touch. And I think that's just like, it says so much because you really are your own healer. And, um, so I think like when I think of somatics, there's just like this, this slowness and this awareness of this inner experience. And so doing that with like your skincare products, like as you're cleansing your face, like what do you begin to notice happening in your body? And the, that brings more presence on board, right? And that's really what slowing down is. Slowing down isn't like, okay, my life comes to a stop. It comes to a halt and I don't I don't get to do anything. It's just, I'm doing nothing. That's not what slowing down is. Um, but it's just being fully present. And I think when trauma happens or nervous system dysregulation happens, we become disembodied and then we lack presence. We're thinking about what's happened in the past. We're thinking about what we have to do next. Um, living in the future, anything but being present with what's really here right now. And sometimes that can be really hard for people because we have like certain emotions that we don't want to face. And um, there's sometimes the stress is just far too overwhelming and no one really wants to, to sit with that, right? Like that's kind of uncomfortable to sit with. Um, but I, I love that like approach. Just, it is just really like slowing down in, in your routine um with skincare and stuff 
but I think also using other various tools to help your nervous system come back to that window of tolerance, that homeostasis, that balance, because naturally you won't have to work so hard to balance your hormones. I've always said that, like you, your hormones come on board naturally, they come back online naturally. Once you've removed the stress from your body, once you've introduced more safety through the form of nutrition, through eliminating toxins, uh, reducing the burden on your livers, um, really letting your body breathe naturally again, um, everything else kind of just falls together and it really is this beautiful process. So that's kind of my spiel. <laughs> I love that. I feel just really quickly too, uh, I was just thinking a lot about the connection between like you said, the liver and acne, but then how anger is connected with that. And often when we have acne, we're in the mirror and we're like going at it. And that's the biggest thing I changed when I started having adult acne. I would say in the last like year, honestly, I was like, I'm no longer going to like pick at my skin. Like it just is so symbolic of how you're feeling inside and then the liver. And so that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have anger. I'm actually saying that we should be expressing our anger and that's how we move through it. Um, and so anger is such a normal part of our emotions. And um, if we can express it in a healthy way, then going back to maybe is that part of the root cause of my acne? Um, and then back to nervous system regulation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a lot of people are afraid of their own anger. Um, a lot of people think it's wrong to be angry. It's a negative emotion that doesn't get to be here. And so we just repress and repress and repress. And like the body, that's that's it exactly. Like the body's trying to express itself. And so it's, it's trying to get your attention in some, the only way that it can probably has limited options for communication with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think expressing emotions too. A lot of people are like, well, how do I even begin to express my anger. So I think that's another episode that we can do together because there's, there's a lot that goes into that because it's not <laughs> as simple as like screaming at someone like that can be considered abuse as well, especially if they have no idea of like <laughs> why you're angry. All the anger you've been suppressing. All the anger you've been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely needing someone to hold that with you and, and coming back to safety, coming back to your own body afterwards is really important. Um, Danielle, what are some other areas that some people could explore, like other than like what we're putting onto our bodies and stuff? I know you're just really passionate about like the whole world of, you know, toxins and some other areas that we could explore, like, um, like your water or mm -hmm. air, like, can we talk about that for a moment? Yeah. So that's definitely, I would say if someone's new to this journey, like at least it, for me, it makes sense to start with things that you're ingesting and that includes air and water and, you know, your food and everything. I really think that those are some of the highest impacts, like swaps that you could make to clean up your lifestyle, even before maybe some of the stuff that you're putting on your skin. Um, I think it's all important, but if you're like just starting out, I would say that might be a good starting place. Um, so some of my favorite things, like a good water filter, I like, I use a Berkey water filter, um, but there are a bunch out there that you could look into. Anything's better than just like a Brita or your fridge filter probably. So, or tap water, obviously don't use tap water. <laughs> um, 
what else? Um, as far as like, even in the kitchen, like cookware, cause that's going to go into your food and into your body. So I also am huge on eliminating as much as possible. You really can't eliminate, but reducing plastic, um, or especially around food and water. Cause that's something that you're going to get BPA, or even if it's not BPA, cause some stuff says BPA free, there's like BPS and it's basically the same thing. There's just not a, as many studies on it. Um, but it could have the same endocrine disrupting effects. So eliminating that on like water bottles, um, or food containers, like, especially if you're going to put something hot into a container, like leftover food or anything like that. And especially don't put plastic in the microwave. <laughs> um, so like all of those kind of things, I would say, <laughs> <It> are, <hurts. laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. I think about, I was thinking about this before, like these are all second nature to me now. Cause I've been doing them for so long. And I'm when I go somewhere and I see someone do this, I'm like, Oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's like, not, we're not brought up that way. You know, people don't think about this, you know, they just go with what's easy. So I think for those things, same, same idea of like swapping it as as you can and what makes sense for you and your budget. But, um, I would say for like, if you have plastic food containers, I probably wouldn't use them anymore. <laughs> Replace them with glass or stainless steel. If you can, and you um, have them on your website. Yeah. I have glass food containers on my website. Um, so that's definitely a really easy starting place. Um, and then as far as like even plastic baggies and more like plastic cups, things that you would there are not something that you would wash and reuse. Like they're just one-time use kind of things. Um, once those are gone, like instead of just be buying a plastic baggie or whatever the item might be like saran wrap, even, um, find an, uh, like a reusable alternative. So silicone is a good option for replacements to plastic baggies or like one-time use things, you know, and I have those on my website too, actually the silicone bags. So you could put like snacks or things in there, send them off with your kids. Or, you know, if you're going out somewhere and you just want to bring snacks with you, like those are really good options. I use them a lot. Um, so those are really easy. That's like, it's aside from the ingredients in your food. Cause obviously that's a whole nother thing. Um, but I would say start there. <laughs> and then, um, as far as like, after that, I would, things that go on your body, I would pick the things that you use most often, you know, um, deodorant is something most people use on a regular basis. Like pick one that doesn't have aluminum in it. Those kind of things I think are, are usually top priority. And then if you need a suggestion for something like definitely reach out to me or go to my website and see what what's on there. Um, but I think that's a really good starting place. At least find something that doesn't have aluminum. And then maybe from there, like you can take the next step of like, does it not have fragrance too? Or does it, you know, like, I just think depending on your level of what you can handle right now, what seems achievable to you go at your own pace, because I think if you get too worked up on like, oh my God, this ingredient's bad, or, oh my God, this one has this ingredient, it can be, you, then you don't take any action, you know, and then you're just overwhelmed. So I just think it's like little baby steps along the way. I'm so glad you're mentioning the overwhelm. I think that it's like, I, I did the same thing, like throughout everything. And then even when I was like at a store and the only way, or I bought food and the only way to eat was with a plastic fork or spoon I was so fearful of that but you're not gonna like you said you're never gonna fully eliminate it if you eat with yeah. plastic once in a while it's totally fine 
Um, yeah, I'm yeah. like that too. It's funny. I, I feel like I was so, so strict on myself for the longest time and I've like let go of that more. And it's been so healing <laughs> truly, because I'm not saying to let go of, you know, things maybe that you use every single day, but allow the space for the things that you can't control. Cause that's my biggest thing. You know, you can't control everything and just try to control some of the stuff that's every day being used in your home. And that's going to have the biggest impact. And the other stuff will be okay because our bodies are supposed to be able to adjust and handle toxins to an extent, you know? So we're just trying to make it so that our cup's not overflowing, <laughs> you know? And I think those one-offs is not going to make or break it. Well, so well said. I love that. Yeah. Um, going back to the, just the air and the water. I mean, like Danielle said, there's so many filtration options these days. I feel like when I was looking for a water filter, it really was just kind of like Berkey mm. thing. And then obviously like minerals are removed from that. So I think that's why a lot of people like say like, Oliver is not the best one out there. And it's like, but it's so much better than tap water. Right. And just adding minerals back into that water is really important as well. Yeah. Um, and something I wanted to mention, because I, I, I mentioned air, at least like air inside of your home. Yes. Um, if someone can't afford like a, a HEPA filter right now, or like an air doctor, or things like that. I think one of my favorite things to do that I love doing regardless is opening up my windows. Mm -hmm. It can be less toxic than the air outside. Um, and on top of that, taking off your shoes at the front door. Yeah. Those are always some tips that I recommend. It's hard when it's really hot outside, but you can still do it for a little, a little bit, bit even. Yeah. Um, it's been so rainy here in Wilmington lately, so I haven't been able to open my windows a lot, but I, I can tell a difference too. And I think a lot of vacuum cleaners nowadays are HEPA filter vacuum cleaners, or if you don't have one and you're like in the market eventually for another one, they're not, I don't think they're any more expensive to get a HEPA filter um, vacuum cleaner. And that makes a big difference too. just vacuuming enough. Like you said, take off your shoes because our shoes track in so many things from outside. Um, so leaving them at the front door or like in a closet or something is helpful. Um, dusting people don't probably dust enough. I, I was one of those people. <laughs> like, yeah, like it took me, it took me a while to be like, does this really matter? You know, like to get into it. Um, so like a microfiber cloth or some kind of damp cloth, like just to every now and then get those areas that, you know, fill up with dust or that, you know, would be exposing you more. So, cause, um, the problem with dust is mold particles, bacteria, like all that stuff sticks to it. And even like VOCs, volatile organic compounds. And that comes from, I mean, that could come from furniture that can come from like building materials, you know, the things that we can't always control unless we control the building of our current home. <laughs> so I just, those are the things that you could do to mitigate if you can't control some of the stuff. Like if you're not willing or are not able to buy like a really expensive VOC, like free couch or furniture, you know, like it might, it, it'll probably off gas and be in your air. So like, at least what you can do is open the windows and you can vacuum and you can dust. And I think everyone can do that pretty easily. Usually. <laughs> 
we have options. We don't always have to buy the organic furniture, the organic mattress. I mean, that's good to know though. Like also maybe for future reference, like mm-hmm. I know I plan on, I don't have an organic mattress, but that's something that I want to do. I don't either. I mean, we're, we've been renting for a little bit now and I'm like, okay, we're, we'll, we'll do that when we buy again. Like exactly. it's, it's okay. <laughs> like, okay. Like doing what you can. I think that's like the biggest takeaway here from today's episode. Mm-hmm. Just doing what you can, controlling what you can control. Um, yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot today. Is there anything that you feel like you get like frequently asked on a regular basis that you feel would be of importance here today? I mean, I think the biggest thing people have been asking lately is like where to start. And I think, I hope we covered enough of that. <laughs> I don't know. I know we talked about a lot of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things I would say I get asked, but I don't know. Other than that, I mean, my hope with, with starting Balanced Bod is that it's easier so that you don't, like people don't have to go down the path that I went down of like figuring out what are all these ingredients and researching everything. And, you know, obviously I don't have everything on there. And I'm over time, I I just want to like share the knowledge anyways, like a lot of this stuff, I'm not going to sell furniture probably, you know, but like, those are just things I think are helpful over as you go down your, you know, (laughs) low tox living journey, like each day you'll get to the point where you'll be, able to have capacity to be able to do something else. So start slow and eventually you'll work up to those things where once you're in the market for a bigger item like that, you can make a smarter choice, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would say that's probably the most helpful. It's just being able to go somewhere for your, at least for your personal care products to know you don't have to worry and do the research and stress about it. It's like all right there, just pick something there. So that's balancedbod.com. It's like balanced. I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And, and we can keep up with you mostly on IG at balanced.bod. Um, anything mm-hmm. else that's going on right now? That's pretty much the best place to get me right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in my DMs. So if anyone sends me messages, I try to get back to them. Um, I get a lot of requests for things, you know, like either whether it's like, I'm trying this new product out. Can you tell me if this looks okay to use or like, what do you think about it kind of thing? So questions like that. And it's also helpful to me because it also allows me to expand my product offering. So don't feel like you're bogging me down with questions about stuff. If you're sending me these things, Um, I'll get back to you as soon as possible, but it also helps me grow my business. So it's helpful for both of us, hopefully. up for today i really appreciate you joining us and i'll put everything that we mentioned in the show notes guys we appreciate you listening and until next time thank you thank you by the way before you go (laughs) we wanted to pop in and say that all three of us are going on the retreat this year the nourished woman retreat in tulum mexico i can't believe that's just a few weeks away I'm so excited guys I can't wait I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. excited I just bought my ticket my flight ticket yesterday <laughs> you can still late. do it you can still do it it's literally yeah. not too late we're gonna be as we mentioned like somatics inside of the episode and 
um, just all around like nervous system support through also breath work. Um, and not to mention like all of us get our own private massages. We get um, private yoga, trauma-informed yoga, the breath work I mentioned. We're doing, we're going to the beach for a full day. I like, I cannot wait. Have you guys been to Tulum? I've never been, but you know, I was going to say, it's funny. I was reading your agenda that you sent out recently for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this looks like what I need this whole week <laughs> of plan, but, or not even, it's not even a lot of plans, but you know, what is in plan in there, yeah. but then also at the end where you have like what to bring, it's like all the things that I would recommend bringing, like <laughs> that I would bring everywhere. The people that think, you know, like blue light glasses, your Berkey water bottle. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I feel like we're all kind of in that same realm and yeah. I want to make sure that, I mean, that's what I want to bring. So I just thought I would put them on there. No, and I love it. I'm just so excited to meet everyone in person. Like, can we talk about that for a minute? Because I, I actually just um, had someone over for an in-person somatic session yesterday and oh my golly, like it was, it was just so different doing things in person, especially after like the past couple of years, everything's kind of been online and, you know, people have been afraid to meet in person. And this is finally like a safe space for us to meet and integrate and actually sense each other and feel each other. Like I work with Gabby and I just, I wish I, I tell her all the time. I was like, I wish you were just right here. Cause there's just something <laughs> so different about in-person connection. So yeah. I've been missing that too. I feel like when you have an online business and online, like you're just on Instagram a lot, connecting with people, it's so like, it's great, but it's so different than in person. Yeah. yeah. Humans are like meant to have personal connection. And it's like, we've gone from one extreme to the other. We're supposed to just have, I think a hundred connections per day, yes. but now we have like millions with mm -hmm. being on Instagram. So I'm so excited to just have like a small group that we can yeah yeah and I also like want to mention that it's not just like checking out either I think a lot of people think of vac vacations like people like escape and I just want to reiterate that this is not like a vacation although it is for your relaxation and pleasure um we're checking in more so and finally like a time and space for you to be able to do that away from the normal stressors of your regular life like you actually just have time and space to integrate all of the work that you probably have been trying to do like all the nervous system support and like just breathe calm down etc cetera, etc cetera, and it's not working and this is finally like the time and space for you to be able to do all of that so just wanted to throw that in there so <laughs> much permission yep all right. Awesome. Well, we hope to see you there again. It's not too late. We leave on August 7th and return August 13th. We'll put the link in the show notes for you to join us and we'll see you there. Bye guys. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support until next time.